they didn't largely like take care of the operations piece of it where they would like inspect your car, buy your car, service it, sell it back and make a profit on that. So I think Carvana has done more in like the end-to-end -end stuff that maybe some of the other competitors that we'll talk about later. Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarin. Jeff, in your opinion, what would a five-star car buying experience look like? Uh, so when I buy the car, I want someone to negotiate the lowest price for me. Okay. Uh, I want the all the features I can get. I want someone to show up in my driveway with that car with a bow that you always see in Christmas commercials. <laughs> right? And yeah, I think that'd be it. Oh, and I I want, this is weird. This is a very weird request for me. I want that car to not have the new car smell. I hate that smell. I know what? people love that smell. Oh, it man. makes me nauseous. It's awful. I was, I was on board with this dream up until then. No, no, no. <laughs> you ruined the dream. So chemically. Um, today's show, we're talking about Carvana, an online used car retailer. Yeah. So Carvana is super interesting. So it's, you know, not just like a retailer. It's also like a full service marketplace. They have built a huge suite of services here. So, you know, the customer experience is you go to Carvana.com, you know, you can search for cars if you're looking for a new used car, which is always a fun sentence to say. I'll, I'm going to trip up on that one for sure in this episode. Uh, you can also sell and trade your car to Carvana. So Carvana will basically be the middle person to handle the transaction for you. They also offer some financing with Carvana, as well as helping you find a car. So if you're not really sure like what car that you want, you can actually click through and go through this whole like car finder experience. And I thought this was a super interesting one, you know, because if as you're going through car finder, there's like four different sections. They have attributes, price, body styles, and seats, which is curious. Mm -hmm. Like that's how they, you know, cut up the car. But like some of the questions that they'll ask you is like, you know, what's the most important to you in your next car? Like, is it value? Is it fuel efficiency? Is it comfort? What's your target price range all the way from 10, 10 grand to 40 grand? And then do you want a sedan? Do you want a convertible, a coupe, a wagon? Like what's, what are you looking for? And then how many seats? Like two, four, eight? And then it'll come here. So like as I'm clicking through all these, all the things that I just said, it gave me a 75% chant, uh, match to a Subaru Outback. And then, you know, you see some key stats here of like, hey, this is the fuel efficiency. This is the performance, the horsepower. Mazda Miata was also in this because I selected I wanted a wagon and I also wanted a convertible. So huh. I'm going to get some very different results yeah. here. <laughs> and then a Toyota Venza, which is interesting. This is a kind of like a minivan with doors. So that's that's an interesting match. So anyways, that was... Wait, that, what do you mean? Was... All, all minivans have doors, right? Oh, no, you no, mean like not just... the sliding door? Yeah, exactly. I'm sure like Toyota, if anyone, engineers or product people from Toyota, I'm sorry for butchering the description of <laughs> the Toyota Venza, but that's immediately what I saw um, when I looked at this. So super interesting. I think that's super helpful. I'm definitely a car person. So like I know what I want. I'm super specific. I'm like, this is what I'm going to get. So if you're just browsing, that's useful. You know, they also have like a built-in loan calculator. So you plug in like estimated car, um, sorry, estimated credit rating uh, or credit score you can type in different like how much you want to spend what's the, the amount of year and i'll tell you your monthly um, payments carvana also has some really interesting features as well so they, they have some uh, repair services as well so hmm. they actually have this whole you know process where like after you purchase a car through carvana it comes with a 100 day limited warranty so they'll actually 
you know, cover the engine, suspension, roadside assistance uh, for anything that happens to, to handle these peace of mind repairs, which is super interesting. And that, to me, if I'm going to buy a car online, sight unseen, is a huge peace of mind thing that I would definitely want to <laughs> want to have. Let's talk a little bit about how Carvana makes money. It's, you know, a very complex marketplace just because there's so many different things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, Carvana initially started, and Jeff, you, I'm sure you'll get into this in the history, but their primary product was just buying your car and then selling it to someone else. But they have all these other tools that they that they have. But the marketplace of buying and selling is, you know, primarily how they're making money. At least that's that's my understanding. And they are taking a percentage from each transaction. So, you know, buyer's agent, seller's agent, kind of like buying a house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is, I'm sure like there's also like financing because they all like, you know, they offer financing through yeah. other people. So I'm sure there's make like, money that way. There. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that is just like a very standard, you know, business model, just a financial you know, tool. It looks like it is like through themselves though. It's through... Through Carvana, I always find like found like auto like financing in- interesting. So, my wife and I bought a Mazda two years ago, and it's actually serviced through Toyota Financial. Um, hmm. So when we get like a bill, it's actually Mazda by Toyota. It's like there were like some weird like formatting when yeah. it comes in, which I always thought was funny. So I'm sure that it's kind of like you know like like anything, it's just going to get bundled up into some other like loan and then sold, and then we're going to have this like big short situation for cars on our hands at some point. But. Yeah, and I think largely like most automakers make most of their money off financing now. Like their financing department started to be their biggest like profit centers, which is why Tesla brought all that stuff in house. It's actually pretty hard to get, not impossible, but hard to get financing, like competitive financing outside of Tesla financing. And Tesla has like preferred partners. So I think it's like Chase and some other local uh banks or whatever but they keep a lot of that stuff in house so when you go and like buy a tesla for example you can't really negotiate the price is kind of the price and they they control all the inventory uh which allows them to like offer like specific pricing and uh, a specific finance model that like works for them so yeah it's just kind of interesting i don't know what the margins are on a car but i think they just make way more money on like getting you locked into a loan i think that's like the more important thing yeah totally i I can't imagine the margin on cars are, are super big it's um because there's so many, like, I mean, so many costs. And so, like, you know, you have to, like, yeah. build this physical car and you have to not just build it, but ship it. And then you have to, there's, like, the inventory holding costs and you have, like, the franchises of all these people. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, it makes total sense for, like, a company like Tesla to to bring that, you know, fully in-house. It does add to, like, the complexity, on, like, on top of it. So, that is a little bit frustrating, but I'm sure for, like, internally for Tesla, but super interesting. Yeah, and I think that, like, this model of selling cars, like full stop concierge service of selling cars is like maybe more unique to Carvana. Like other websites have like listed cars before, but largely I think they were like, oh, here's some information. It's like an information aggregator. Like, oh, you can go to this dealership. They've got this car listed for blah, blah, blah. And you can go travel there. You can like reach out to them maybe. But they they didn't largely like take care of the operations piece of it where they would like inspect your car, buy your car, service it, sell it back and make a profit on that. So I think Carvana has done more in like the end-to-end stuff that maybe some of the other competitors that we'll talk about later uh, didn't necessarily do. Let's talk about the history of the product. So it was founded um, in 2012 by Ernest Garcia III, Ryan Keaton, and Ben Huston. And in 2013, they opened their first car vending machine, uh, which is also novel to them. That's wild. I don't, have you seen one of these, Mike? 
Is it like the big building with that like? Yeah, it's like a big like spiral building. Yeah. So I haven't seen it in person, but I like I can like I think I've seen it in one of their commercials. Yeah, that was like their big like. Oh, we're so unique because you don't have like you know cut out the salesman piece of it. Like we don't need a, a person in. 2015 they had launched a fully automated quote-unquote coin operated version of it in nashville uh, and they now have about 32 of these machines in the u.s so i think there's one on that's you drive down from uh the bay area to la there's one on the drive down and you can kind of see it on the side so it's kind of crazy like i mean i i don't know what product manager thought that hey like a coin operated machine where you can just like impulsively buy a car like <laughs> when you want to is a good idea and it's one of those things that most people finance cars too they don't buy it you know with cash or with just a car it's, it's crazy to think that you would just like go up to a machine and be like ah, i want to drive a miata and then like swipe your credit card and like have it just like dispense you know, a car right it's just kind of kind of you nuts. know the one place that would work really really well is a place like vegas you know it's like yeah. you just hit it big i got 30 grand like flush you know it's like buy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly i'm gonna they buy probably it. have one in vegas i wouldn't be surprised I'm sure. And so like back to like the, uh, does a product manager like suggest this? I feel like an idea like that is like definitely like a founder led or like exec, you know, yeah. typical, like I have a startup, I have this vision, just build it, like damn the costs. <laughs> like we're, we're, we're building a co- like a coin operated, fully automated car dispensing machine. Yeah. Or even before like product market fit. And I would say like, even though that is maybe the like icon that people recognize from Carvana, that's probably not the most like the biggest value that they bring, which is to me, like mainly the the service of like picking up your car and selling it on your behalf. So um, in 2017, the company went public and they had some pretty tremendous COVID growth. Uh, they offered, you know, touchless delivery and pickup. Uh, and they just grew tremendously, you know, because physical dealerships were closing. Uh, in 2020, they had sold, obviously the first year of COVID, they'd sold 250,000 cars and had a $5.6 billion uh, revenue post. So it was a really great year for them. I mean, like that model was uh, being tried out by a lot of people and people were like, hey, I still like people still need to buy cars potentially and or or maybe like they, they wanted to upgrade and, and there were supply chain issues and people and that's still going on today like all the used car markets are pretty insane like in a lot of instances it's cheaper to buy a new car than it is a used car which is kind of crazy uh, largely because they can't get those cars those new cars for some time so they're kind of paying for paying for use of that car a couple months early or whatever yeah i was talking to my buddy and like um the leasing office called him because his he has a luxury the car and it's actually worth like almost double than what the lease is, you know, the, the lease buyout prices. So like, Hey, can we buy this back from you now? He's like, no, I would just flip this. Like if I, if I wanted to do that, cause yeah. it's like a $40,000 Delta, right? right. It, it's funny. Like how, you know, you were always taught, like as soon as you take a car off the lot, uh, yeah. but now in today's like, you know, supply, you know, constrained world, it's the exact opposite. You take the car off and it's going to probably go up by like five, 10 grand. Yeah. We took Tesla delivery this year and, um, they said kind of the same thing, like you could effectively turn around and sell that brand new Tesla at a profit of like some crazy amount, like 15, 15 grand or whatever. So some people were doing that, but we wanted the car. So we didn't, <laughs> we didn't like turn around and sell it. But yeah, I've heard of like a, of a ton of people and the, it, there's a lot of question marks too. Like, you know, if you were to put a deposit on a Tesla now and have to wait another year for it to deliver, the buying market is going to be way different then. So you might post a loss and you might be, well, now I'm stuck with the Tesla <laughs> that you maybe did. Totally. Want. 
Cool. So in uh, May of 2022, just like a lot of other tech companies, Carvana had to lay off about 12% of its staff, which was 2,500 employees uh, after, you know, falling short of growth expectations. I would probably largely say that like a lot of those growth expectations were just like just injected with all the COVID growth. So maybe they were like inflated to begin with, but it's, it's just kind of sad. I mean, you know, a lot of we're kind of like heading into this recession right now. And there's a lot of concern about a lot of these tech companies in Carvana which was like kind of like a COVID darling, uh, ended up laying off a bunch of people. I had heard of a few people like selling their cars on Carvana and telling me that they had a pretty good experience. Like Carvana and like CarMax, for example. And they were saying, mm-hmm. hey, I actually got like really, really competitive prices. It was no hassle. They came to my house and picked it up. They did their inspection and it sold within like days or whatever. So I thought that that was like really cool. Did you Did you know anybody that sold their cars on Carvana or maybe like another site? Yeah, I've actually sold my car off a company called Vroom, which oh, I'm cool. sure we'll get to in, in the competitors. But I sold my car back in 2016, like as I was like right before I was going to grad, actually 2017, mm-hmm. right before I went to grad school. And, you know, I was in Boston and I was just in a huge time crunch. Like I, you know, had to go to grad school and, you know, quit my job and do all these like things and find a new apartment in a new city. And mm-hmm. I just like did not want to deal with like... Right the used car headache and I was willing to take like a $2,000 haircut on the car just to like get it off my hands. You know, I knew that I probably could have, you know, done the Craigslist like handshaking and like the people of Craigslist, you know, for better or for worse to, to sell the car. But it was just like, I wanted to just try it online and it's, it seemed like a fair price to, you know, that they gave me and it was pretty quick and pretty seamless. Like I, you know, listed it, I had to take a bunch of photos and then, I put the VIN number and they did a check on it. And then, um, yeah, I actually don't think anyone actually physically inspected. It was just me like sending in, it was a fair amount of photos that I had to take and, you know, it was in good condition. And I had, to, I think I even had to do like the, a tire tread check with like a penny mm-hmm. where I actually take a photo of like a penny yeah. inside of the, inside of the, t- the tire tracks, tire treads to see how much tread was left, but it was super seamless, you know, I had a really good experience with Vroom. So I, if I was in a time crunch again, I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, selling off a third party marketplace like Carvana or whomever. But it was definitely like very like, I know like my wife, Adrian was like, why are we selling our car online? Like, it was like super like, you know, nerve wracking to think like to yeah. have that transaction. But after I like, you know, committed to the sale, like less than 24 hours later, some per- some dude on it with a giant flatbed truck came to pick it up and had me sign a form. And then I got a check in the mail or a, a bank wire transfer, mm-hmm. you know, pretty soon after. So overall, pretty seamless. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how it goes now. <laughs> Definitely. Um, we can talk about who Carvana is for. Um, I think, you know, I kind of like alluded to it. I, you know, I have the car, the target customer as just like the, there's either the, the time crunch person or someone that maybe just isn't as familiar with, with cars, just don't, don't want to become like an expert in it. I feel like, you know, maybe this is just my persona, but like the used car salesman is just like the quintessential, like quote unquote, bad sales, <laughs> bad yeah, salesman, right. you know, like, like that you just don't want to deal with. It's like, are they trying to like scam me? Like what's going on? And it's just services like Carvana make this so much more transparent. And I think that's apparent with the growth that Carvana has seen. And, but to your point, like how much of it was, you know, COVID driven, cause they saw yeah. 67% revenue growth. That's definitely not a sustainable number, but yep. I think there's a ton of value there. You know, it's like, it's just making it easy. I mean, you know, even if today, if you go to like buy a new car, 
add a lot. Like my wife and I just bought a Mazda three hatchback and it's like, you see like the MSRP price, but then you see like a bunch of like blog posts saying like, that's like the dealer price. Like make sure you ask for the invoice price. And there's all these like different like ways to negotiate for even for new cars. And then, you know, used cars is the exact same, like, you know, (laughs) unknown, unknown that you're walking into Mm -hmm. there. Um, And just to contrast, like my experience with like Vroom, which is like I said, a similar company, in selling my car, it was exponentially easier than when I sold my car via Craigslist. So I, I sold my first car uh, that I had in high school on Craigslist in 2013, 2012, maybe. Mm-hmm. I said 2012, and it was really a huge hassle. Like I had to have people come to my house and they they test drove it, and that was like super nerve wracking for me to have someone test drive my car, like what happens in like if they get into an accident, you know, even yeah. if it's like a small fender bender. So like I actually like took photos of everyone's license like mm-hmm. before they could like, you know, test drive my car. Some people were like, that's weird, man. You don't trust me. I'm like, no, I don't trust you. I just met yeah. you on the internet. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, of course I'm not going to do this. You're about to drive like my, you know, hopefully $12,000 car if yeah. you're willing to spend, you know, $12,000, but just that in a whole negotiation. Um, yeah. But for sure. I think it goes both ways. Cause like, you know, who Carvana is not for is someone that's like a total, like probably if you're super into either car, if you're either into cars or negotiating, Carvana is definitely not for you. Yeah. And, you know, I would call that my dad is the persona that Carvana is not for. He would <laughs> never do that because A, like he loves to negotiate and B, like he loves cars. So he loves to go in, like feel the yeah, car. Check like, it out you know, himself. Exactly. So yeah, that that's who I think Carvana is for and, and, <laughs> and not for. Yeah. Let's talk about some competitors. So I think the first one's obviously like traditional brick and mortar dealerships. It makes you really wonder like what's going to happen with a lot of these places. To your point, there's a lot of value in going and sitting in one of these cars, right? And there's a reason why even Tesla, who's like touted for this like touchless delivery, everything online, they still have these showrooms and you can go in and like touch and feel the cars and, you know, they allow you to like take a test drive and drive around a while. They even let you have like overnighters too. So they, they still understand the value of actually like envisioning yourself in this car, which I think is really good. And then there's a bunch of these other tech companies or tech infused companies that are kind of helping to like drive this space. So CarMax has been around for a long time. I think they maybe first started as more of like an operations led business where they buy a bunch of cars, have a really big lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just remember how gigantic these like CarMax lots were man. with all these car like car warehouses. But and then you know kind of shifting that towards like an online business room, which you mentioned before. Uh, there's like cars.com, uh, which I, again, more of like a, initially at least a, an information aggregator versus like an actual like dealership is the way I understand it. And then there was like startups like VP that was trying to compete with uh, Carvana that unfortunately like couldn't make enough money to, to stay afloat. But yeah, a lot of people are like interested in this space. I mean, I do wonder though, like how much this is going to get impacted as companies start to do like direct touchless drive or like touchless delivery like tesla does this for their new cars but i think there's still a market because like carvana is mostly focused on like resell uh versus like initial sales um so i think that there's probably going to be some people that do something like that and they want to just not have the hassle of like negotiating and you know there's a lot of data behind it too they can say hey we offer you like a really competitive price and you can see what other cars are listed for in, in the similar range. Maybe they have like really good transparency around their pricing structure uh, so that people are confident. But yeah, just the hassle of like, like you said, like the hassle and the safety risk, right? Of like going and doing all that stuff. I, I also sold a couple cars on uh, Craigslist and I remember, yeah, same deal, like taking pictures of <laughs> photos, like riding in the car with them so I can at least like 
you know, keep an eye on things and, you know, just like asking for this large amount of money in cash, right? And then also scary <laughs> yeah, thing is like clean bills have, only, clean hundred dollar bills. Yeah, and they have to like come to your house, right? So it's just all this stuff that you're just like, uh, I just kind of feel weird about. But yeah, I, I definitely think that there's going to be more of this. I, I don't foresee this sort of service dying out or being a fad. It's either going to be Carvana or at least someone else doing something like this, but definitely foresee this happening uh, in the long term. Yeah, I think like, you know, if I could put my futurist hat on for a second i think what's going to happen is and i think we're already seeing this is like i don't think brick and mortar dealers are going away i think that used car market is always going to exist and i think what's going to happen is you're going to see a massive consolidation with all these dealerships because the only way to make money is just like to start to scale up so i feel like it's going to really price out like the mom and pop shops that are just operating on like super small lots and like you're going to see more of like the mega <laughs> carmax lots um yeah. that, that that pop up and then i think the second part of that is like companies like carvana and room and all these digital marketplaces are going to continue to to scale up and those will be the two competitions and i wouldn't be surprised if like you know carvana starts to get into like the actual physical like marketplaces which i'm sure they actually they might actually have that already yeah. because they're buying all these cars and um, putting them in vending machines so yeah exactly but soon like you'll see like the giant carvana lots like somewhere who, who knows what the future has but i definitely know that we're seeing a consolidation even like you know here in rochester the dealership that i was working with to buy my mazda was like literally in the process of getting acquired by one of like the largest like chevy dealers like in the, in in the war in the u.s so mm-hmm. it was crazy like you know to talk through with like the folks that were there they're like hey you know like this is affecting us. I don't know, like the paperwork and all of this, but you know, it, it was streamlining the process. And then when I went to um, get my in-laws car fixed, cause we accidentally broke their trunk, but that's a whole different story. We had to go to like a similar Toyota dealership and it was owned by the same company that had bought the other Mazda dealership. So um, we had like the same invoice and like I was automatically a customer of them mm. when I gave them my email address and um, we saw that consolidation too. And then, mm. you know, now that I talk out loud about brick and mortar is that, there's going to be less repairs because you're not going to have as many engine issues once we move to fully electric, Yeah, which I think is still like, you know, decent ways away, like five, 10 years away before yeah. you see a massive penetration of electric vehicles. But um, you're still going to need people that have, you know, fender benders or they need to fix their suspension and all of that. So I think that there's still going to be some sort of business aspect at the, you know, on the repair side and the physical side. So, but that's me just totally shooting from the hip here with my futurist hat. <laughs> Let's talk about our thoughts. I think overall, like the business model is smart, right? Like this is a pain point that people have. It's like a, it's a pain point that people have so much that people have a name for it. Like you mentioned, like used car salesman is like kind of <laughs> like a, you know, not a euphemism, the opposite of a euphemism uh, for just like bad experience. And people kind of dread this like negotiation tactics or efforts when you go into a dealership. I guess I'm pretty fortunate in that I never had to go buy my own car uh like talking to like a dealer like the last couple cars i got like my parents went with me or or someone else had helped me out i'm I'm fortunate to not have to worry about teaching my kids in the future to like go in and like (laughs) walk away three times so you get the best deal and all these like little silly tactics that uh people used to use so yeah i think overall like this end-to-end service this like concierge service is like no fuss uh like price guarantee model that carvana has i think is really uh, impressive I don't think that they're going to be the only ones though to offer this and it might become like a commodity service. So that's where I'm going to have to like dock some points. And obviously like 
they succeeded when there's this sort of like high demand, low supply environment right now with COVID and supply chain issues. Uh, so I'm, I am curious to see like how this is going to work out long term. I'm going to score it like a 3.8. I think that like it's pretty close to like a really good uh, like business model. And I know a lot of people had like said a lot of really good things about Carvana, but I am kind of curious about how will Carvana change its offerings to be a bit more resistant to, I guess, like the market environment. Um, but yeah, overall, like a 3.8 for me. Yeah. And so many funny anecdotes that I had when you were talking about you didn't want to buy a car. I mean, I love buying a car. Like I'm like, <laughs> I love negotiating. My dad was a huge negotiator and that's definitely where I get it from. I remember going, I think I've said, shared this anecdote before, but I remember going into Best Buy like 15 years ago and my dad literally tried to negotiate a monster cable that he said had the wrong price on it. And this <laughs> poor associate, this blue shirt that he was talking to was like, man, like, I just like, I just, I, I just work here. He's like, the customer's always right. He's like, I can't change the prices. So it was like yeah. the manager came and I'm <laughs> sitting with my hands in my pocket, all embarrassed, but I love negotiating. So like I've, the past two cars that my wife and I've bought have been Mazda, actually Mazda three hatchbacks. Um, and what I love doing, like once I know the exact car that I'm going to go after, I basically email the dealerships that are local to my area to say, Hey, like I'm looking for, you know, a gray Mazda three hatchback with this trim. What do you have in stock? What's your best price? And then that forces me to like put the, put the best offer on paper. And then I basically start to like slowly whittle down like the offers. I'm like, well, like, you know, Jimmy, you know, Ontario Mazda said that he'd give it me for, you know, X dollars per month or not X dollars per month but you know, X X dollar MSRP. And then I'm slowly like whittle them down there. Mm. And then, yeah. Then even like, once I get to the dealership, I'm such a jerk, but I just love negotiating. (laughs) I'm just like cringing at this. But, um, the, the last guy that we, um, bought it from, his name was Tiger, which is an awesome name. Then shout out to Tiger. I doubt you're listening, but shout out. I had a really good experience buying a car with you. Once we were like there, like we were actually switched cars. It was the first time I've ever done this. And like the third car that I bought, but we saw, the the latest Mazda in the actual showroom and it was a different trim and a different color. And I'm like, that looks fucking awesome. Like part of the French, but like, we just need to buy this car. And so we switched at the last minute. And so I had to like negotiate on the fly. Cause we had our, it was like going up a level on the trim. Yeah. And I, you know, I felt like I had to get something out of it. So I started like just, you know, nickel and diming. I'm like, you know, create some free oil changes, you know, for like the next like two years. He's like, no, I'm like, make it a year. He's like, fine. And then it was like, <laughs> I like it's really tough, you know, here in Rochester with all the snow and the salt. So can you get us some weatherized mats? He's like, man, like I, I, I'm making no money on this deal. Like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, you know, just give me to give it to me like for 50 bucks instead of 200. So I don't know. I, it was all these like nickel and dimes, but I, I love that whole process. And I'm sure, you know, <laughs> others do too. That's why I haven't gone back to I don't think I'd ever buy a car from Carvana, but selling a car to get rid of that hassle yeah. wasn't a wasn't a bad experience. But yeah, four point two for me, so definitely coming in a little bit higher. Only because I've you I've been in like I've been a customer before of a similar service right, where right. I just wanted to like offload and and get this. It's funny that you know Carvana has like a four point eight star um, rating on on their website from an average star rating over one million cars. So you know their customers definitely like it. But I think that they're you know, if my dad was to rate this, he'd be very suspicious. So I'm sure that would bring down the bring down the rating. Um, but cool. Yeah, well, that's a lot of fun talking about cars and big physical hardware. So 
those are our thoughts on Carvana. And, you know, we'd love to hear from your audience. So definitely keep reaching out to us and engaging with us. Um, you know, we really appreciate when we say get a note, if it's a direct message or a you know, random email or yeah, however you want to reach out to us. But you can find us primarily on Instagram and Twitter at ProdX Podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X Podcast. Yeah. And if you like the show, be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. Like Mike said, Carvana's got a 4.8 on like whatever a million, however many millions of, of cars sold. Uh, we've got about 10,000 listens right now. We could use a lot more reviews. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, etc. And let us know what products we should review next. See you next episode.